0: You are listening to the GAA
1: Hour, brought to you by Sports Joe and Sure. 72-hour non-stop protection, tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. Hello, folks. You're all very welcome to the show, brought to you by Sure, 72-hour protection. Uh, It's the last hurling show of the season, and Limerick are on top again. They're a brilliant team, maybe one of the best ever, and look, they ended the season on, on a great high, um, winning their fourth All-Ireland in a row, and in the GAR, uh, we're ending the season on, on a big high as well, uh, ending it in a bit of style, because after many uh, phone calls and, and text messages too, um, we've tracked our man down. Davy Fitzgerald is is here beside myself, and Lee Costello. Um, how's things, Davy?
2: Yeah, all good. Um it's been an interesting few months, I suppose, and all finished up with Limerick All-Ireland champions, so uh, fair play to them.
1: Yeah, um, I suppose, I, I knew, first of all, I knew I'd get you on some day, Davey, as I mentioned, it did take uh, a lot of uh, phone calls, but when we got there in the end, I'd say you were you were getting, uh, you were were getting sick of this lad ringing you after a while.
2: Yeah, well, I, I suppose the fact that the Phyllis family helped our cause, um, like, it, when the season finishes for us, it, it's nice to just fold up the tent and uh take it easy because it's a very intense number of months like more or less last August on um when I got appointed, you're um you're going to club games, you're meeting players and it's flat to the mat. So when the end of the season comes you're absolutely just so tired and wrecked and you, you just don't want to do anything, being honest and I suppose I got back to, I, I did two or three games on radio which I enjoyed all right, but um it's it's just a bit of downtime so it is. but I couldn't let you down after for this family, could we
1: Yeah, yeah. Well look, uh, <laughs> really uh, appreciate that. But you were you were at the match yesterday and doing the CoCom. Um I get the sense that you're you're not at your happiest when you're not involved.
2: Yeah, um I I, I enjoy the COCOM tree, and especially on the radio. Probably the best view in Craw Park there is, is from the front row of the upper Hogan it's absolutely incredible mm. like you get to see the whole field and i just got to see the different game over the over the semi final and final from that view it was it was incredible but would i prefer to be on the sideline with a team no doubt about it um, there's nothing like it um it's a different buzz different feeling um, I suppose I've been lucky enough to have it between playing and managing for over 30 years and not many people get to say that so I've been very lucky um, so I have but um, I, I prefer to be on the sideline yeah
1: Is there kind of a thing when you're up there where you're kind of half looking out and you're you're obviously envious wishing that you were there and you're looking out like what can we do to if we, when we come up against these boys
2: Yeah it's being honest yeah like I have a job to do with with RT and you do that to the best of your ability, but still at the same time you're looking and you're seeing fellas tracking back the field, you're seeing fellas sitting, you're seeing as their ways around different things and I, I think that's it. that that's something I I'd be interested in no matter what match I go to is just seeing how teams set up and what to do. And I suppose my job in the radio is I wanted people to understand what was happening. Like not that this lad is a great lad or that lad is a great lad. It's maybe what type of style we're playing, and were Limerick sitting back, or were Kilkenny pushing up, or what was happening with puckouts and that. And um, I, I enjoy seeing that stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I suppose it's only after um, the final, like you think back and you see Limerick, they're missing Sean Finn, they're missing Declan Hannan, their captain, another leader, um, Lee. Uh, for them to do it without them two boys, I suppose, underlines the the brilliance of the team.
3: No, absolutely. Like, they nearly got ready-made excuses from the start of the season, you know, with big injuries like that. And Keen Lynch being in and out of the team as well. Um, I heard on the radio someone saying that it's like a once-in-a-generation team. But it's nearly two great generations in one team, you know, because they've got, like, two unbelievable players nearly for every single position. Whenever an injury happens or someone's missing, it's like it's nearly just lake for lake, someone equally as talented just steps into the place and you wouldn't even know that they were missing.
1: Yeah, is, is that uh, daunting in some ways when you look at the team and they've such a young age profile and then when they're missing lads like that, Davey, that they just business as usual? Yeah, I, I suppose the
2: fact that they're able to bring the likes of Kyle Hayes back from the forwards back to the back um, was a big plus as it was to put Wendell Donahue from midfield back. Like, they didn't have really made straight replacements to come in in the back. Like, they they did do a bit of shifting around. They had other fellas to come on up front and that. Um, so they did. And, like, to have the luxury of bringing Carl O'Neill back in who started the first few games in the championship, yeah. I think in certain positions, they have that talent for to have. In other positions, I think they're like most other teams. I, th- I think they're tight in different places. But um, I do believe... Certainly, that they're the best team I've ever seen playing. Um, Kilkenny in the 2000s, right there as well. Them two teams stick out in my head as being the most consistent, as being the teams that dominated their era. And Limerick and Kilkenny, if they had to play at their best, them two teams from them generations from the mid-zeros there, 2000s to the Limerick team now, I'd love to see that game. It'll be some games so I thought if they're at their best. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you put your money on? Oh tell you boy, that'd be incredible. They're two completely different styles. Mm-hmm. Like um Kilkenny would have been very much more direct, although they play very similar where they get um loads of bodies back behind midfield, like it's that's what both teams do. But Limerick probably work the ball a lot shorter and they'll either shoot from midfield or get it deep inside. Like Limerick will rarely put ball down the half back line. They'll bypass that no matter what the story is. Um, it will be a it'll be a great game. Probably Limerick just edged it.
1: Okay, so it is. It's that they're able to mix it. I suppose is the the best thing about it is that they've the short ball and then they've the long ball in and you've seen it. Probably at its best when they when they came under a bit of pressure um, and they were under a lot of pressure yesterday that they were just able to. They were able to plot their way through it. Well, I think you, if you look a lot
2: maybe at the second half, um, look at the space Peter Casey got. Look at the ball he got. Like As a defender, it's very hard to defend that unless you go full-out attack. And with no cover around you, it's very hard to go full-out attack. But I can remember just looking down from from the Hogan and thinking... Man, that's some space. But the quality ball he got in as well. Like I thought in the second half that Limerick varied it pretty well. They ran from maybe their half back line towards midfield into their half forward line shoot. So they never hit ball into the area. We'd run and shoot it or else they get that deep ball either side of Peter Casey. Like it was a it's 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 a dream ball for a forward. And you seen Peter Casey yesterday. I remember in my notes beforehand. I wrote down great feet. His hands are incredible, his feet are incredible, so he is. And like he's able to sidestep, side fellas, you would not believe. And I seen it right in front of me yesterday. Got a score right out in front of the Hogan stand on the sideline and it was just, it was incredible, magic.
1: Yeah, that one was, that one did stand out. And it was funny, in Daryl Donovan's interview um, with Marty after the match, it was It was actually at the Limerick train station. And I suppose that was, we talked about this uh, last weekly. it was the change that teams weren't staying up in Dublin, that Limerick went home. Um, but I'd say you can see the benefit in that too, that they probably had the carriage to themselves and the boys looked a small bit glassy-eyed when they got down. Um, Daryl Donovan said that he was going to go book mad for the week, so I suppose he was going mad anyway. But that was what he said. He said he was looking around the dressing room at half time and maybe he was he was only joking a small bit, but he said, geez, I was thinking Peter Casey could be in a bit of bother here. But... Um, he, he he stepped up definitely in, in, in the second half.
2: He a 100% right. Like Peter Casey didn't have a great first half, but he didn't get the quality of ball that he got in the second half. Um, and there was times in the first half, I mentioned, mentioned it on commentary, that I felt that the Kilkenny half-back line, they were pressing their men, which I think they had to do, but like they just didn't have that cover back to double up on a tackle. Um, be it a sitting six or be it a plus one, right? They didn't have that double up. The double up is very important. That's what stops um, the likes of a Peter Casey when he gets that ball in that space. It's very hard to stop him. So he was, and he wasn't getting that in the first half. But there was occasions if Limerick had hit it in a bit quicker, where it was open, and that didn't happen. But in the second half, it materialised.
1: Is that a case of Kenny running out of a bit of steam that they put so much into the first half?
2: No. Well, that's something I was wondering, but I think it's the setup in general, right? Um, that's that's a different issue that we can discuss. The first issue is, do you sit a sit in six or do you play a plus one? I don't think the Kilkenny did either. I think they just pressed them out the field and said we're okay. And Kilkenny have like Mikey Butler. Unbelievable. Um, Tommy Walsh, Hugh Lawler, like, they're really good defenders, but I don't care how good you are. If there's 50 yards of space either side of you as a defender, that's tough going. You need that either sitting six, like Limerick will rarely let Declan Hannan or Willa Dunahoo, they can say it's an orthodox six all they want. It isn't. Like, he sits and he'll mind as much as possible, so he will. Um, And then you'll have one of the boys... Coming back from midfield, yeah. and you'll have 11 coming out, three different things. I, I just didn't see Kilkenny minding that yesterday, and I understand that they had to follow and press, you have to make that decision, but um, I think it cost them in, in the second half a bit. Limerick figured that out and got and, and went to town at half time, probably John Kiley and Paul, and the lads decided okay, we need to run the ball at pace out of our backs and get a shot. And when we have them out hit the inside then as much as we could and, and they got it spot on because um, I was half thinking as you said did the energy go out like their intensity in the tackling the first half lads was Jesus, it yeah. was immense It was like it
1: 2019
2: oh, when they it, beat them Yeah they, their tackling was absolutely immense but well, I think I think Limerick approached it a small bit better. I think they, they ran it a bit, then they got it in a bit. Once they got their half-back line out, they hit it in a bit more. And do you know what? They probably got a chance to see the view. I know Limerick have cameras up, and I didn't notice it yesterday, up where we are. Um, and if you're looking at that, I could see the space as massive. Uh, and I'm sure maybe that they got a look at that and said, you know what? When we do run them and pull their half-back line out, there is way more spaces inside.
1: So Limerick have actual cameras up... In the press box there. Yeah,
2: I, I didn't know that. Yesterday, It was just the lads. Um, Dave and Arlin were talking about it on radio yesterday. That they position them there, and it's it's the best view in the house, guys. Like you can see Everton. Um, so, Watford, if we get there next year, we'll be putting them up. there in the story. I was I'll just about to ask you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you would. I, I can't. I like that. I couldn't believe the view. And the spaces that I could yeah. see yesterday. And something definitely happened at half time. Like they definitely got a bit more ball in, but they figured out how to do that. Maybe that Kilkenny were falling in their half hour line and that there would be more space there.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Paul Canerk, a man you worked with before. Like is he and you mentioned how he and we've seen him with the tactics board and whatever. Is he just a genius? Yeah, Paul Paul is a is
2: a special guy, um so he is. Um he he can see it. Um to me there's a certain amount of guys that can see the game. Paul can see it. Paul can figure it out. And that's. I'm not being disrespectful to other people, but I know that there is people that see the game a certain way, that can see spaces, that can see moves, that can change a, a thing here or there, and he's one of them. And uh, the thing I like about Paul is he's a very humble guy and you can have good conversations with him. Like like the way we operate in Clare is... Um, I'd say what I think, and I'd say, lads, if you think different, it's up to you to come back and give me something different. Um, And Paul would never be afraid. He'd often come back with, I think, X, Y and Z. And I love that. Like, I want people to give me logic and what to do. And the likes of Paul, brilliant. Alan Cunningham, who's with him, trust me, I've worked with this guy, an exceptional guy. Yeah, so he has had a good bit of success with Tones, been over a lot of clear teams. Very good guy. Angus O'Brien, another guy. Like, I worked with this lad for a while as well. They're three really good guys. I think the key in management is to surround yourself with the best possible team you can. Um, I think that's right. And not yes, man. I, I, I think that's very important.
1: Okay. Um, just before we get into the full um, analysis of the game, there's one thing people were sort of giving out about. And we were talking about it um, on Thursday, was that... There's no minor final, so it means that when the Jubilee team, and it was the Offaly uh, 1998 team that were honoured um, yesterday, that they kind of walk out to a half-empty stadium, and you got something similar last year. What, what, what did you think of that?
2: Um, I absolutely think it, it's wrong. I think there has to be a game. I like. I loved the minors playing or someone playing beforehand. Um, last year when we went out in the field, it felt like we were in the stadium on our own, Um my own view is it probably should be done, could be done at a patch at halftime in the senior game. I think it'd be more respectful. I definitely think we should have a game before, like it was very dead yesterday before the game, guys, like three quarters an hour before, normally if there was a minor match on or something on, the crowd would kind of get in and you'd ha- have a few, um, you'd, you'd get um, some reaction from crowds. We didn't have that yesterday. Mm. Um, Crow Park got a lot right, but I don't think they have this part right. I, I think they need to sort that out. I, I think we need another game, a really good game on there beforehand. To me, I played minor in 89 there. Man, I'll never forget it. It was one of the most incredible feelings ever. Going in the bus, the sirens going, getting out and playing. Maybe there might have been 10,000 at the start by the time we finished. There was 60,000, 70,000 in there. and You never forget that as a young lad. That was a massive memory. And why can't we give the same opportunities? We need to make sure our young lads get that opportunity.
1: Yeah, and it takes away from, obviously, the Jubilee thing there, because there's not too many people in. Um, Just on that, uh, I suppose not too many of us would, like, know what goes on on them Jubilee days. But I'd say it's a special day to kind of... to say for the Offaly boys yesterday, for ye back last year, to... Like what is it? What is it that
2: goes on in the day like that? Well, I can remember last year we met the night before, and it was great to see so many of the lads. You, you probably would lose touch with a lot of them. Um, there's a lot of them maybe who are you wouldn't have come across some not involved in the G, in the G, some that are still massively involved, and in, to actually get to say hello to them is great. Like uh, at the end of the day, I always realise I would have no All Ireland medals without the bunch of boys that was surround me and I think that's very important. I hundred I percent would acknowledge that it it takes a panel, it takes certain guys um who'll stand up and push you a training and to see them as we did the night before. So most teams will probably meet the night before. They'll have meal, probably have a few drinks, have a laugh and I, I think that's very important. And then the next day you get to go out and <coughs> Crow Park um like the whole crowd parking I'm probably I, I would be I'm very much like I prefer not to be going out waving in front of seventy or eighty thousand that 's just me, but um it 's nice to acknowledge it, I suppose, all the same, you know, um like we had our time and we <laughs> had our day, and it was great, um so it was but um like there 's nothing better than playing out there I'll put it to you that way
1: not, yeah, and nothing better better than managing to um so you're one of the men, I suppose in charge of stopping this now it's the it's the the five in a row that they 're looking to become the first um Hurling team ever to do it um, so look, are, you, are you chomping at the bit?
2: Yeah they're probably very unlucky that they haven't done like if Kenny stopped them in 219 guys and um, they were they were pretty unlucky that day um, so they are am I looking forward to yeah I am like we got within two pints of them with 13 wides to their 6 like it was it was our own fault we were beating. Um but it was, I suppose I was only in the job four or five months. Um, there was a lot of things, probably. In the championship, you get to learn about your team, guys. The National League is great, but the National League is at the Atlantic Ocean away from finding out what lads are like under pressure. What Like 20,000 people in Turles or 30,000 people in Turles. That's when you find out what's what. And I suppose the championship this year was a massive learning curve for me especially. Um, Good and bad, played pretty well against Limerick, had the opportunities, didn't put them to bed. We came up, I suppose we spent months getting ready for that Limerick game and I mean we put a lot of effort into it. Um, So we did, fell flat against Cork for the first half, fell flat against Clare for the second half. Um, And we got well reminded of it for that month I can tell you. But we learned a lot.
1: Yeah, and like when you do put so much into Limerick, and you obviously have to because that's what they—they're the kingpins, and you had them in the first game. Is that t- like that must be tough?
2: Like, are okay if if you don't take that one so serious and you don't prepare right, okay, and Limerick give you a beating, then you've carved the following week on the back of a, like Limerick or Cape like giving you a, a real good licking. So you have to prepare with everything for that game. But then you have Cork waiting in the wings for their first game the week afterwards. So we're after putting months into getting ready for Limerick. And then Cork are waiting, chomping at the bit. And you could see it, the first half against Cork, like Cork played really well, but we were we were definitely not the same as as, as we were against Limerick up 10 point. Now, I do feel probably James Owens hadn't his best game in that one. Like Jack Prendergast should have got that uh, there was a foul on him in the first five minutes and it was a black card all day long, which might have made the game a small bit different. Um, so it would have, um, although I have to say, Cork that day were immense. But my point being, I think when you get so high up for that Limerick game, it's very hard. Again, like mm-hmm. you probably it was tough in the way that we did all the tactical stuff for Limerick. You did a bit on Cork. Whereas Cork's full hundred percent focus was on getting ready for for what for the first day out, um. So it was, but maybe that's my fault, guys. I should have done it a bit different.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, maybe it was like it probably it's too late that you that you be Tipperary. But did you feel that that was important looking ahead to to? It's a long it's a long time before you be playing again.
2: No, like the the Tip game. There's two or three reasons, um, um that. Uh, that we had to perform against Tipperary. Number one, um, we weren't happy with the previous two games that we, we, we had played patches. Half an hour against Cork we played alright, half an hour against Clare. Uh, we played okay. We got we took a lot of stick from outside and within. We wanted to show we we're better than that. We'd worked so hard all year. Um, I, I suppose two, for the integrity of the Munster Championship, I think that we needed to come out and absolutely play our socks off. Like I think that's very important because you're either giving tip a free pass into the Munster final. Like our job for other teams and for ourselves and our own um, integrity was stand up and fight this and play this game as good as we can Um, and that's what we did and we wanted to show as well that there is stuff in us and that we weren't going to lie down and I think that was a very big statement from us that you know what we've we have had a defeat or two, but we are still around and we're still here. And um, I'll tell you now, that was, that was a physical game. That was a tough game.
1: And how have you found, it's what, maybe a month, a month and a half since that game, like it's a long time before it comes around again. Like, have you been in chatting a good bit with the Waterford lads? Did you send, you said you sent him a text there after the match uh, yesterday or?
2: Um, I haven't sent that text yet, right? Uh, sometime okay. today, I will, we'll Putting send it that. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll I tell you now I found the championship really draining um, like there was boys telling me during the Cork and Clare games that we were getting plenty stick I kind of shoved myself away from that um, I knew we were getting stick but listen I'm used to that there's no fear of that the lads are used to it I, I was kind of disappointed in what had happened in the way uh, that in the manner in, of the defeats and to try and figure that out was a big thing and like it's the first time I came across that in my time like it, it was four or five months into it. and as I said to you that's why I said to you the league and the championship completely different. And we had a lot of soul searching but I, I think in Watford we had to address why we fell down um, them one or two times and why we made it easy for other teams and I think the Walford lads will tell you like I, I've noticed that hasn't happened just this year that has happened for a few years that it, there is times where they would have um, taken a beating and we need to get to the bottom of that because I can tell you, these Waterford lads, they're good lads. They're well at the hurled and when, when, when they put their mind to it, they'll fight and scrap as well and I think that was the big thing. We needed to fight and scrap but we needed to figure out why we were going so flat and letting teams just run away with games.
1: Yeah. And like just, I've I've kind of asked this question but like when it is so long... Like do you have to do you try to keep in contact with the boys? Yeah, yeah. During the winter,
2: yeah. So like I'd have dropped a um, a few lads text the injured lads especially. I dropped them a text. I think it's important as well to give lads their space. I like they've had me since probably we we'd a meeting last October. So and I'd been I'd have been in touch and Peter and Norm would have been in touch with them. To me, I think it's very important that I give them their space. So it is like I will dropping that text uh, Peter Noam will be talking to them as well as myself um, there's a few things we need to do but I think you have to give them their space as well and I think their clubs definitely deserve their time as well that we, we don't cut across that um, but certainly there will be a chat where we will analyse exactly what they've done for the year um, good and bad be it from 1 to 37 we will talk to everyone and we will let them know exactly what we think but I don't think you should smother them I think that's
1: very important. Yeah, so uh, looking forward to next year. Um, we'll take a little short break now for the sure No Sweat quiz and then we'll be back with uh, analysis of the game. In partnership with our friends at Shore, official statistic partners of the GAA, we're now going to look at the most eye-catching stats from the Championship weekend. So Limerick won their fourth All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship in a row. Our question is, who are the only two other counties to have achieved that feat in the game of hurling? So now it's up to you, our audience, give us the answer to this stat-related question on our social media to be in with a chance of winning some sure, themed prizes. Winners will be announced on the show next week. So uh, we've seen this before, Lee, um, teams thundering into Limerick and getting a good start. We've seen it with Watford in the 2020, in the COVID final, and they flew out of the blocks and they were hammering into Limerick. We've seen it in the semi-final with Galway. And we've seen it again uh, on Sunday with Kilkenny. They were six points up after half an hour. Limerick had only scored five points after half an hour, which was unbelievable for them. Um, and it's Limerick just managed to, to plot their way out of it. That's it. And then just watching
3: from afar, you're always... You still never rule Limerick out. You know, you don't ever know. you just never see it. Um, I think there were three points up at half time and still sort of like, no, nah, I think Limerick will come back. But the Paddy Deegan goal and just the nature of it and um, the fact that, you know, it ripped the net, it didn't look like it went in and the lift that it gave everybody. That was the first time I sort of thought, You know, that's the kind of thing that happens when it's your day, you know, Um, and then you start to let yourself maybe believe that, not that I was actively supporting against Limerick, but just that this could be Kilkenny's day, maybe there's something in this, Um, it's just all going for them, but man, did they go through the gears then, you know, when Limerick were asked to go up another level, they went up one and the onslaught just began.
1: Yeah, well, I want to take you back to the very start, uh, Davey. After the game, John Kiley said, we deliberately played into the hill today to take on that breeze in in the first half. Uh, is that something you'd do?
2: Yeah, I, I prefer playing against the breeze um, for definite. Um, I, I think if you can hang on in there and be the three or four points down, I think it's a big thing. You're right, lads. I remember looking at scoreboard. Five to six points scored after thirty, thirty-one minutes, and I'm saying to myself, "This is some job they've done." But they were ferocious in the tackle, and I can remember looking at one in front of me. I don't know if you remember it. Kyle Hayes was very like a going to a ball, and someone came from behind, Tom me, yeah, and just got it. And I said, "Why isn't he just attacking that?" And it's like whatever happened at half time, there was a lot of words because. The volume from Kyle from everyone came up massively. <laughs> the attacked unreal. But I'll just I'll tell you what I think turned the for Limic just for half time was Keane Lynch. I think he he was instrumental in all them two or three points that got him from six back to three just for half time. And if we're being honest, like Keane probably has been average enough in the championship this year. Yeah.
1: Should he yes. start the monster final? Yeah. Like?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yesterday, Keane Lynch was the man. Yesterday, it seemed like the Keane Lynch that I've known for years was there. He was the orchestrator of so many things that happened out there yesterday. And when they needed that patch, like Dear My Burns, yeah, great second half. Peter Casey, great second half. Kyle Hayes, better singer. Keane Lynch was a constant, even when they were going poor yesterday. Keane Lynch was a constant. And um, I thought that was. Brilliant from the fact that he'd had been so average all championship, but in fairness to John Kiley, Paul Canarc and the lads, they stuck with him. Mm-hmm. They stuck with him, and they got it right just in a big way. And that move, even from centre fo- centre field to centre forward, good move, very good move. And um, the the one thing I love about Limerick, like, is don't don't ever tell me Limerick play fifteen on fifteen. They don't. And the, the sooner people get that out of their head, um, the better. Like 15 and 15 guys is where you play a 10, 11 and 12, 13, 14, 15 in their positions up inside the 65 maybe coming back a few yards. They go back deep. I, I remember yesterday at one stage I said that was a great tackle by by um, Michael Casey. It was actually David Reedy that made the tackle. Remember the one uh, was it a 65 or Alamo, the great pass from T.J. Reid yeah, like it that pass David. from T.J. Reid into Genius. oh my God it was absolutely class but it was David Reedy I think that was on the tackle like that was phenomenal like David Reedy was playing at midfield he ended up inside on the edge of the square and I look at things like that and I think I mightn't see much of David Reedy but that was so important yesterday
1: So is it that they drop the half forward line Did, oh. I suppose it's Morrissey and Hegarty Really,
2: oh, they never stop. Yeah, they're right back, keen at centre forward, right back. Listen, lads, if you call a spade a spade, um, uh, and it's I, I admire them for what they're doing, and it works for them. Like Dara, none of them will spend most of his time going back in around six and behind six. Rare, like he get forward again. Yeah, every now and again, no problem. But he spends. If you put a heat map on him, I'd be pretty certain he'd spend most of his time back there. They're two wing forwards will be back there a lot of the game. So instead of having six, you could end up with the bones of nine and ten back there a lot of time. Really good short passing team, so they will. That's Kilkenny's thing then. Do you follow him or do you not? And I thought Kilkenny yesterday got a lot of stuff really right. They did follow him, but that's what let the gaps down below for the Peter Casey's and all them to get that room.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's the thing that when, if the half forwards go out and the half backs go out, even the very first ball, Aaron Galan had, <coughs> he had 50 yards in front of him with, with Hugh Lawler. <coughs> he,
2: he had, like, a, I I remember from that view I had yesterday, seeing that and I couldn't figure out how Limerick weren't hitting more ball in. Like, that was one thing. And <coughs> maybe a small criticism of Kilkenny would be, I don't know if he felt it or not, I felt any time high ball went into the Limerick full back line at times yesterday that they were under a bit of pressure. Yeah. And I don't think Kilkenny actually exploited that enough yesterday. So that it I, um, it looked like when high ball went in there, the goal came out of it. Um, so it did out of one of them.
1: Yeah, Conor Forward he lobbed one in. He,
2: he lobbed one in. And I get, if you look back at four or five examples of balls going in there, they were very unsure of it. So there were. Um, and I, I thought Kilkenny might do more of that.
1: Did you feel at stages in the first half that Limerick were, or Kilkenny? that they missed a few chances that they need to take. Like, I mean, I know Owen Cody was on fire and it's it's so harsh to criticise him, but maybe that second goal, do you tap that over? There was a time Tom Phelan was running through, maybe looking for a goal, and do you take a point when when it's there against Limerick?
2: Um, I think he was right to shoot for the goal that time. I think, it, I think it was a decent chance. He just probably took a touch too much to pull him out a bit further. If he shot it when he got, probably the first chance he got if he could have shot it definitely I think that was a chance there was two other chances that they, sh- they hit over their shoulder and would you believe there was a player outside them free Paddy Deegan was actually free I think it was own Cody or someone shot um, and someone else Tom Feeling shot another time there was players outside them to me if they didn't shoot and just give them back a small bit more composure them two or three points would have even helped like you go in six seven eight up at half time yeah I still think Limerick will come back no matter what but it, it's a bigger help
1: was it like, that Kilkenny were going so well? Was it that they were just crowding Limerick out? And you mentioned there, what, I was thinking, why, why weren't they getting that ball into Gallant? Was that because Kilkenny were just so on top of them and Wharton giving them... Like the best ball I'd say we have seen in the first half was one Kyle Hayes hit in. But that, it, it looked so good because he was under such savage pressure at the time. Was it because Kilkenny had just crowded them out?
2: They had, they, they had crowd run, but I think in the second half, I think Limerick ran with it a small bit more. I think rather than short, 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 I think they'd run and then short. I think they ran with the ball a small bit more in the second half, which didn't allow them to get um, tangled up as much in the in the groups because they seemed to get more space easier in the second half to get them balls in or to get them shots off. So that um so there definitely was a slight change or two of of, of one or two things.
1: Is it too simplistic to say Kilkenny just that, that it's so high intense what they were trying to do that they ran out of legs?
2: Uh, I, uh, listen, that's the question, right? And I did say <coughs> yesterday, like, was it that Kilkenny hadn't the same intensity and weren't able to keep it going for 70 minutes? Or was it that Limerick did something a small but different that didn't allow Kilkenny to do that? I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. There is a small bit of me suspicious that Limerick tweaked a small bit.
1: So, as a manager, will you watch this back now? Like, as uh, when you have the few months in front of you now, is that how you go about trying to break this down? That Do you watch? Oh, listen, as much no, as much?
2: I'll watch that seven or eight or nine times. I'll I'll watch that a lot. Um, I'll watch nearly every game as much as I can. Like the one thing as a manager is you you you've always to be willing to look at something to learn something, and I never mind learning and. Um, I think the day you stop learning is the day you're in trouble and um, you have to be open to seeing things still and you have to be, I suppose, very single-minded in the fact that people can try and get into your head and influence your decision-making. And um, trust me, you've you've got to see and got to stay strong in your beliefs if if you really think that.
1: If you're watching all them games back, I'd say the ads on the RT player are breaking your heart.
2: I don't know. Just, <laughs> I'll, I'll have the lads cut everything. They'll just be <laughs> f- forward enough so I can see the game. And it's funny, like one game could take you, could take you ages, like, because you'll be going back, you'll be going forward. Okay. You might be getting the wide view um, as well, just to see stuff. It's, watching one game isn't as straightforward as that, but I, I kind of enjoy that. I just love seeing different things. Like, the game... I played 25 years ago was a very straightforward game and I know that's why people give out at times. Lads, what's there now? Everything evolves in life, everything like cars get better, TVs, everything changes and gets better. Like hurling, like there's more time into conditioning, nutrition, there's more time into tactics, you have more people involved. So naturally, it's going to get better. And I, I know you have people out there who say, ah, the game was great when you got the ball and hit the ball. The amount of skill we have now, short passes, think passes, cross field ball, <coughs> shooting from 80 yards, like we have such, we have an unbelievable game.
1: Would you be up till all hours of the night watching it?
2: I, I, there's times I would like there's times I would work really hard Then there's times I just take it off as well I, I, I really enjoy it and I love it I like I love being involved in hurling the thing I don't like is I, I suppose no one likes it is the abuse that's attached to it like that you have a lot of hurlers on the ditch that feel they have to be heard and that's it they have to put their comments out there and then you have another crowd who actually think that's gospel <laughs> I find that one really like yeah it's an opinion it doesn't mean it's gospel. Like, we're training these lads for three, four, five nights a week. We're working with the lads. Like, it's it's very hard when you think of people that know it and that they might have played at one stage. Yeah, you're entitled to their opinion, but it doesn't mean that, that that's the way it is, you know. It, it might be, and it mightn't be. But it's um, they I, I just think we should enjoy our hurling and we don't need to cut people. Life mm. is tough enough without cupping people. Do you think, Davey, um you said yourself
3: that it it doesn't bother you too much when they're coming and criticising you. You're well used to that. But do you have to
2: guard the players? Yeah. Do you find, is that a big part of management now? I Like, I can remember a few players over the last few years who took stuff really tough on, on social media. And I'm trying to tell them that's someone with a chip at their shoulder. Let them off. Forget about them. But they're saying, they shouldn't be saying that. And I'm saying, unfortunately, they're the times they live in people feel they have to have a go and that's it and i said just ignore them there's there's no point uh, you're you're not going to change their mind and we have to protect the players and it's funny like whether you win or lose you've got to protect the players like even when you're built up if you win to be something unreal like i think it's very important we pro- you protect the players even then like because at the end of the day we all have people at home we all have families and there's none of us perfect so there isn't and oh it's a Shane McGrath was saying yesterday that the one thing he didn't want to see from the Limerick celebrations was someone taking photographs or phone footage of people doing things like people should be allowed to let down their hair without worrying is there someone on the phone actually taping me like everybody is human everybody does make mistakes and it's the one <clears throat> thing I hate is is when lads go to let themselves go a small bit they're scrutinised on you know, and uh, it is tough. Back in my day, there was no phones. It was it was actually great. So it was, you know, and um, a lot more freedom to enjoy yourself. And um, I, I, I just I just love the fact that we have to come back to our own places. We live in our own clubs, our own people. And that, that that's what the GA to me is about is it should be very simple. The ups and downs of it are tough, lads.
1: Social media is there. Isn't that the thing you just have to... not Like, you should, nobody should take it as gospel.
2: Yeah, like, there's good and there's bad in there with social media. Like, I think social media there is good, 100%. And there's people um, who, who use it who are very fair and honest and you can get stuff from it. And I think there's other times then where it's very nasty. Like, one part of it I don't like is the anonymous stuff. Like... The sites, like there's one or two sites out there and to say that they're sick is putting it mildly and people actually believe them.
1: So when people don't put their name to things.
2: Listen, we we the site in Clare and uh, honest to God, it's there for a few years and we know the people and my God, it's actually sick. Now, I think most people in Clare have copped on and they know what the story is, but oh my God, like... You look. You hear some of the stuff that they say, and, do and you're thinking, are these people actually right? And the people that are listening to them, are they actually right as well? It's it's,
1: it's the people just, listening are as bad Ah, uh, like to be fair,
2: I I know like that particular site is absolutely rubbish. The boys that are there, haven't a clue about hurling, and I mean it. I know them. They have. They like to think to do. They haven't a bananas about hurling whatsoever. And and let's be honest. And they're, they are there giving direction and and think they have. Um it's it would just it's mind blown. But that's that's life, guys. It's it's part of it. So it is um but we've got to we've got to get rid of that. But I think the government have to bring in legislation. No anonymous people out there. Put your name up there. Put yourself out there. Don't be a coward. So don't be a coward and hiding. I think that's a big thing. I don't like them. I don't like them people that hide. I know.
1: It's a, it's it's definitely a one of the worst things about it. Um, just on the management and thinking about the next few months um, that you're going to be watching games and you're going to be keeping on top of everything. Um, I remember listening to Liam Griffin when he was Wexford manager and he said that one thing he did was he used to go for a walk on the beach and that was his way of, he'd think of, he'd go early in the morning and he'd think of these different strategies and plans and tactics to how he's going to win a game, whatever. Um I rang you one time, and you were uh, trying to get you on this podcast, and you were out top in a field. So, yeah. is is farming? I don't think many people know this, but is farming the new uh, the release valve for David Fitzgerald?
2: Well, would you believe I'd have spent a lot of my younger lad years on the farm? My uncle John, who got me into the got me into the hurling, um, was a farmer. Would have collected me every Friday night when I was really young. I'd spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with him. We get up, milk the cows around six. We go in, and deliver the milk in Limerick um, around eight o'clock, half eight. Um, so we would back out, clean out um, the cowhouse or whatever, do a bit of um, whatever had to be done around the farm, and then we got to a match. I did that probably from the age of. Five, six, seven, up to about maybe 17 or 18. I would have been on the farm with him the whole time. So um, that would have
1: been your your part time job?
2: Listen, I absolutely loved it being out there with him. Um, Very special and I suppose John um, developed Parkinson's and moved in with us there a number of years ago. Um, So I've been doing a bit, trying to keep it going but I I love going out there. Um, I don't get to go out enough. Um, I need to spend a bit more time out there but when I'm on the tractor, when you're when you're topping, when you're doing stuff out there, does my mind wander a small bit of times? Yeah, or when I might walk around the farm, do I think? Yeah, um, I can't stop myself. I I would have a small little notebook with me a lot of the time, um, and I'm one of these pers- people who can't can't stop thinking for a second, um, be it business-wise or be it hurling-wise, there's always something going on up here. The little hamster I'm sure needs a, a break so it does um, from going all the time. Um, but certainly my mind will be very active, very active with, with thinking of stuff and trying to come up with new stuff, um, like be it puck outs, be it freeze, be it different things. Like <coughs> what, I, what I actually only realise, question I'll ask you, right? How many dead balls is there in a game of Hurland, in a championship game of Hurland, do you think? In a game of Hurland, 70, 75
1: minutes. 45.
2: Um, probably between 100 and 110, right? So you've okay, roughly... Pokeouts, uh, you've okay, pro- pro- you, you've probably 35 pokeouts outs either side minimum, probably more. Yesterday, I think it was 40. Yeah, it was about 70, 75 yesterday. Then you'll have about 25 freeze. You'll have seven red sidelines, so you're between a 100, 110. Now think about that. That's very important. That amount of dead ball, if you can win a large percentage of them, you've a chance of doing well. It's a lot of time to have dead ball on a game of on a game of hurling, so um, that's something that I would have looked at big time in the last year or two. Where can you make gains on that? Um, like if you look at Galway, the second half against Limerick. Completely lost their way big time on their puckouts. I don't know how many there was, but I'd be fairly certain they lost the majority of the long ones. So you have to come up with ways hitting ball down the Limerick half back line is probably not the best way to try and go and win a match.
1: Um, That was actually one thing I wanted to ask you. Galway were criticised a lot um, last week for, or two weeks ago, for kind of falling out of the game and people said they didn't show stomach. The same criticism isn't given to a team, isn't given to Kilkenny like why do you think
2: that is uh, you see Kilkenny I suppose have this um, like it's that they're going to give no and I do actually believe it at Kilkenny they will fight you to the death um, yesterday Limerick got that momentum and it's very hard to stop it and it's the same because, Like I definitely think that criticism is a small bit unfair of Galway I'll be honest I like they did show a serious battle but Limerick once Limerick got that momentum very hard to stop that very hard stop that. And you'd say, How did Limerick do it? Well sure either Nicky Quedle got uninjured or someone out the field to take off their helmet and they're going to get two minutes. And if Ernest John Keenan stopped that yesterday, he made sure Indeed. it didn't Morrissey, happen.
1: Morrissey yeah, went down.
2: And fair play to him, like that's something as a manager you'll think, okay, if we lose and we're down five or six points, can I stop the play? Can we reset? Can we go again? Um I think it's a bit harsh on Galway to do that. Now, they did follow the game, on, but they didn't help themselves probably by hitting so much ball down the Limerick half-back line. Like they, like Limerick had numbers there. They've been strong, like Kyle Hayes, Dierma Barnes, Willow Dunahoo, getting Darrow Donovan back in there, Garrod Hegarty, Tom Morrissey. They're all swarming them long puck outs. So you can probably gather what I'm saying to you. Like it's not ideal to be hitting a 90 to 100 yard ball down on top of them big fellas.
1: Um, John Keenan had a great game, didn't he? I know there was one There was one call, there was a 65 actually. Yeah. It was a killer because Kilkenny, Limerick went down the other end and got the free. Um, and look, it, it clearly was a Kilkenny 65. But um, it, it was either a great game otherwise, but it was such a key moment.
2: Yeah, I it, it was a call. Um and this is where umpires, when you're a referee in the middle, like the game of hurling goes so fast, it's very hard to spot everything. You need your officials as well as you, your sideline guys, your umpires. They have to be on the ball. It's it's very hard. John will get most of it outside, and I have to say I thought he was exceptional yesterday. I thought he let it flow a lot of the times. That, if it was another referee, they could have blown that thing non-stop. He did let it flow. I, I thought he was really good. You're right. That was a big point. It went from probably, that was a two-point swing. Two-point. It's a two-point swing, yeah. Um. So it is. And, but I know yesterday, like, I, I'll put it this way. John John Keenan, as a referee, you can talk to and ask questions, Don. People would have often said it to me in the past, like, you're very harsh. Or you're very, no. If you have a referee, they'll communicate with you. It's a lot easier. John Keenan is one of the best. You could you could talk to him. Fergal Horgan was the same way. You could He'd be tough, but you can ask him a question. There's some of them out there. If you go out to ask a question, oh my God, it's it's just not on, so it isn't. He had a good game yesterday.
1: We had a match last night, and one of the lads won at the Baltimore Throw-in, and, and we were going straight through on goal, and the ref had just blown for free. And there's a few of our lads like, Oh, like we're straight through and go like what are you doing and it said there was a few expletives in there as well yeah. but the ref was just like lads I'm sorry and you're just like immediately you're just like okay like do you know he realised you,
2: you actually do you know what the fact that he would say that like it's actually you yourself as a player you'd say oh okay but yeah <laughs> at least he didn't come over waving the finger at you saying x y and z
1: like a teacher scolding um, the child kind of
2: like. The biggest problem we have in the GA, like from a management and a player's point of view to referees, is like they're on about respect. I think there would be way more if the communication channels were a bit different and if they were a bit more open. Um, Like there is a few referees that would have encouraged me to either ring them or chat them. And you know what? I'm a lot better. It's like that referee last night. Once he said, Listen, uh, I should have. hands uh, up. Yeah straight away you'll say okay he's human he gets a split second to make a decision the referee of course is going to make wrong decisions the problem I have is just there might be one or two of them who are just so arrogant and have something in their head oh I don't like that fella that Davy Fitzgerald or whatever I, <laughs> like, I I just want a fellow who's going to be out ref the game straight and who you can ask a question to like can you tell me why you saw this and you know what there is, there is a good few of them out there like that and they're the guys we need to promote
1: 110% and it's John Keenan's last game last big game
2: scrap this 50 year old stuff I, I just think scrap it uh, like I, I would call the GA straight now like listen we don't need an age limit we, we'll know it 55 if it had to be but we don't why are we getting rid of one of the best referees and he's in great shape why are we doing that I just don't know I know we've to bring other lads through in that, but John Keane is still good enough to ref. So he is and there was a few more over the last few years who had to retire because of it. Like I, I just think there's a few more years in them, you know? Um it's a pity because he did a great job yesterday. And well done to John.
1: Um one of the things I wanted to ask you about is William O'Donoghue and Darren Burns just stand out to me as these tacklers that when you have the ball, they kind of just suck in and they're You just can't get away from it. It happened to Tom feeling once, twice, that the lads just sucked him in and you're done. You're either done for steps or you're caught for throwing the ball because the lads are so strong. Um, Are they just, are they kind of physical freaks, some of these Limerick lads, or can you? Like, are you looking at the Waterford lads like, we need to get, do we need to improve physicality to match these lads like that, or what is it?
2: I think the technique and the tackle is very important. I don't think enough of people coach it right. Um, there is techniques in tackling how you stand up how you go after the ball when you go after it they're very good at it um, I think Limerick are very good at that um, I think there's a lot of coaches that coach the tackle but I don't think they coach it properly um, there is a time player has to play it in four steps tackle when he's coming to his fourth step know when you got to get him mm-hmm. stand him up don't rush in there's, there's a lot of different things Limerick are very good at that um, the one thing I want to say about Dermot Burns yesterday from place balls under pressure this man is incredible this man is incredible I taught him Tom himself and Tom Feele and I thought broke even in the first half That I thought it was like Tom got a few balls he's, off him
1: he's, he's a unique hurler yeah. isn't he
2: yeah Tom got a few off him but when the pressure was on Dermot Burns in the second half came alive one serious high ball so he did but also them frees were not easy frees they were on the sideline so there were a number of them Straight over the back. Like, all day long, you just want to, Like, if if we, we talked about here earlier, you're probably going to get 13 or 14 or 15 frees. I don't know how much Limerick scored yesterday, but I guarantee you he had a 90% strike rate in most of them yesterday. That's what you need all the time, is a free taker. And under pressure, Dermot Burns is absolutely fabulous. taking frees.
1: He, um, he definitely is. I actually just wanted to ask you about... Like, he, him and Dermot Burns are... Tom Feele and Dermot Burns are such, like... Opposites kind of in that Dear Burns is huge and so strong, but feeling is more towards like there's not like he's of all the players there, they're all big lads, strong lads. Feeling is, is more slight, but his speed made him stand out yesterday. And he could have had five or six points. He could, there's he, still a place for a player like that, I suppose.
2: 110 percent, there is. Um, and if he released the ball two or three times yesterday, he was running. But you cannot, cannot run into two or three Limerick lads. Because if you get close to two or three of them, they're taking the ball off you. So just before you get to that contact point, you've you got to be releasing that ball. Limerick are going to come to you in twos and threes. You've got to release that ball because there is going to be spare Kilkenny lads out there. So before you get to contact? Just you before know? you get to contact, you've got to release. Yeah. If you go into two, if you see two of them coming at you, I ain't getting rid of it. Because they are so good at holding you up and taking that ball off you. But if there's two of them coming to you, there has to be another Kilkenny lad on the outside. Has
1: to be. Uh, Davey mentioned it there that Keane Lynch was probably the man, Peter Casey. there's um, so many bullets to fire is probably the thing about Limerick is that maybe it wasn't Galan's like best day. He was still very good, scored two points, one a free that he scored himself. There's so many bullets to fire is probably the tough thing for opposition teams.
3: Yeah, that's it. So many really, meant to watch. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like there's one target person that you just hone in on and, you know, that'll help shut down the team as such. Um, the key Lynch one is just really interesting because all eyes were definitely on him, particularly because he's captain. He's coming back from all of the injuries. You said it yourself, David, that he m- maybe didn't have the best of the season so far. But I did want to actually
2: ask you, um, he didn't get man of the match. Do you think he should have? Who, who got man of the match? I didn't see that. Right? Um Yeah, Peter had a great second half and, <laughs> yeah, when the pressure was on, he... And listen, he he was right in there in contention. Um Personally myself, I, I give it to Keen Lynch every right. day of the week yesterday. I just thought when they needed it, when they needed it, he was there. And this guy is not selfish at the ball. Look at the players he puts into better positions all the time. He he is a class act. He's smart on the ball, he's not selfish, he works really hard and if I was giving man the match yesterday, one hundred percent, I give it to Keane Lynch.
1: When you're preparing for Limerick and they have, as we mentioned, so many bullets to fire, mm. do you do you hone in on a certain player like a Keane Lynch? Like he is such a genius, as you said. Do you have to have a specific plan for him?
2: Listen, you have to have thoughts on a lot of them. Like you can't let Galan go, you can't let Keane Lynch go. Garrod Higgerty normally, like he's probably getting. Excuse me. He's probably getting more attention than than anyone gets outside there. Like he's been phenomenal for years, hasn't been as effective this year. I felt yesterday he was decent, um, but he needs serious watching. So he does. Like there's so many good players out there. It's. He, he, to try and get your matchups right is like you need a physical enough player for Garraud like you need someone who's as strong as he you, you can't put a small lad on him you need someone that's very agile for Keane Lynch that's able to move with him non-stop you can't let Keane Lynch off on his own you let Keane Lynch off on his own you're dead, you're in trouble and then you need someone probably with Aaron Gillan who's going to attack He's outside left a lot of the time and to get a player to attack he's outside left is is tough because you're doing something that normally you wouldn't do um there's there's a lot of different things to come into it, but um I think as as hurling people we all have to acknowledge how good this team is and, and fair play at them. But the rest of us it's up to us to to listen. We we have to change that and we've got to try and um you have respect and I think that's important, but it's up to the rest of us now to knuckle down even harder and see can can we make a change. And then, Sorry, just preparing on Limerick as
3: well, how much emphasis do you put on the fact that all of these names and players and us in the media, we put them on pedestals because, you know, they deserve to be there. And mentally going up against that for your players, you know, do you have to do much about like, here, listen, they're only human. They've got two arms, two legs,
2: like you break it down nearly. Well, there is points that I think you can go at Limerick on that I'm not going to tell you about. But (laughs) there is points I believe that you can, that I don't think uh, (coughs) I believe that you can go at them on. Um, I really do believe that and I know the lads um, that I work with we we believe that too that there is two or three points. There's an awful lot very good but every team there is certain aspects that you can break down and um, I think we've got to dwell on them even more and try and perfect that even more.
1: Well one of them that maybe I'm you you probably won't tell me but one of them that has I suppose worked for Clare is that as you said the Limerick half-back line hold their line and they let Tony Kelly kind of he often goes to town against them because they they kind of let him off in a certain, to a certain degree.
2: Yeah, well, to me, Tony Kelly is, is phenomenal. I think he's a great hurler. But if you let Tony Kelly off and he's on, and Tony Kelly's going to, he can score from, like Tony Kelly gets some amount of attention normally. Like every team will try and mark him. Like Mikey Butler was on him unreal for Kilkenny. It's very hard for Tony to shake him. I probably would have played Tony at 11 against Kilkenny because if Mikey Butler was on him and went, what's he going to do? Leave the whole centre wide open? I'm kind of very surprised that Clare didn't play him at 11 because Kilkenny would have, that would have left that whole centre open a bit more so it would have. Um, yeah, the, the, there is a few things, there is a few, like, look at the Munster Championship this year. Like, Limerick got there they got there and score difference to get to the Munster final like Tip Cork Walford had all opportunities the matches could have easily gone down way and you have to say fair play to Limerick there were certain times in games that they went down 14 against those they didn't panic and fair play to them against Tip they were under pressure they managed to hang on against Cork they were under pressure and they found a way to get it done but like the teams were there they are both with them you know um, now the semi-final and final they've, they've ran away with them at the end but in Munster, it was tough enough going from
1: one thing. I want to ask you about um, is during the week, uh, Dave Reedy mentioned that uh, it's a thing that Limerick do is they've an ice cream van in on the week of the game and they have 99s on the week of the game. Kylie, John Kylie, talked about the tunes, uh, and that was why he did his big dance at the end of half time. They have these special tunes that they play in the restroom. Do you see a value in small things yeah. like that?
2: I'm 100% that. <clears throat> like, we do certain amount of things. I want players to... This has to be fun as well. This can't be all serious stuff. We have certain things that we do and that we're going to build on even next year. Um, Very similar to what they're saying there. We will be very similar in a lot of ways. This has to be enjoyable as well, lads. There's enough of pressure on it. So there is, Um, is... got to have the crack as well. 110% on... It's something that I, I, I want my teams to do. is I want to have the crack. I want to have the music. Like, yeah, we'll have the tunes 110%. We have a few other things that we do as well. And um, I kind of want the lads to be able to, to enjoy that music, to be able to enjoy themselves, to go out in the field. Like, is the day of massive roaring and shouting and team talks in the dressing room? Probably isn't my way, believe it or not. There's times where I, I do it, but a lot of that work is done the week to 10 days coming into yeah. a game. The day of the game, feel free and just go play. Go play. Um, as I always said to the lads, you know what? Hurling, life, it's, it. it, it hurling is hurling. Life is life. There's so many people out there with illness that are sick and they can't do stuff. They would love the opportunity to be able to go out in the field. Worst thing that happened, happen, we lose the game. But if we do, Let's make sure we've given 110% and that we've left our souls outside. Let's not be afraid to make the mistake. Let's go at it. That's what life is. And and that's what we should be about. Like, I I just love to see us appreciate that in general in Ireland a bit more. Stop knocking. Stop worrying about different things. Let's just enjoy what we have. Are we perfect? No, we're all going to make mistakes. Um, That's for definite. But let's enjoy what we have.
1: Do the boys let you up on the tunes in the restroom?
2: Uh, listen. The, the boys, the boys give me a tough time at times, so they do. Um, they're they're well able to get their own back of me, and they can take the mix, so they can. They're willing to do that as well, and I, that's no, that's no harm. They're, they'll they know when to serious, and they know when we can have the crack, and they they are able to take the mix when they have to as well. And I think that's good.
1: Who is your hurler of the year?
2: You're not going to believe this. I know I said Aaron Gillan yesterday, but I'm going to throw you one from left field completely that I I think has been very underrated. Uh, But I think he's been the most consistent player Limerick have had all year. He's a defender. Dan Morrissey? 100%. I think Dan Morrissey has done a phenomenal job at three. I think he has been consistent all year if you ask me in the morning like there's one fella you'd like to have on your team He, it's him he is tight he is tenacious um, he'll always give simplest of simple ball but 9 times out of 10 he's going to use the ball you'll find it very hard to get around him to me he's the most consistent memory player this year that's that's for me the man
1: ok yeah he does the simple things um i right in saying you had the uh, with you up at the match.
2: No, I didn't. He was at home yesterday. We left him. We left him back at home. So we did. Um,
1: How is that going? What uh, age is he now?
2: Sure, he's 15 months. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, sure. Listen, he's a breath of fresh air. He's he's unreal. So he's um, smile every morning so he does um, I'm, I'm lucky so when Sharon goes to work I get to spend a few hours with him Um, so I do before he goes to the childminder I'd, I'd hold him for 2 or 3 or 4 hours before he goes down and I absolutely love that time with him so I'm lucky uh, at least I have two lads call them a bit older and they're healthy out and once they're healthy that's the most important thing
1: does it, people always say it gives you a sense of perspective but I suppose when you come home after a loss and you see him it does change things a bit
2: yeah like or does it? there was one or two championship games that were really tough this year. Um probably the clear game, not for the loss, but uh, for one or two things that happened around it that I wouldn't have been happy with and to come home to him and he was smiling just made it a bit better, you know. Um That's once once the likes of him and the family are okay, I think we don't value the people around us enough at times. And I and I mean that, you know, in the Sometimes we get preoccupied with other stuff, and you should really value the people around you because um, you get a certain amount of time, um, and you've you've got to value
1: the people that you love the most. He doesn't have a size twenty-inch hurdle going around uh, yet, does yeah, he? Yeah,
2: he has the hurdle. Yeah, he he has. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Whatever road he wants to go down, whatever he wants to play, we'll will support him. I'm not going to restrict him that it has to be on or whatever, whatever he wants to do, if it's hurting, we'll support him. And um, I'd probably, I think I'd be better off stay back out of his progression in that way. Like, I I see a lot of parents now and, yeah, I think it's important to follow your kids around, but give them a bit of freedom and give them a bit of space and other people probably um, work with them, I think, is a good thing. Um, I think you should be involved and support them, but... I I don't think I'll be a parent that will actually be over every team he's over or he's on.
1: Okay. And maybe it can be, I suppose it's a thing that can be easier said than done but I suppose you'll see.
2: Yeah, I did it with Cullum like I rarely have been over. Any team Cullum was involved. um, He was at the bridge the last two championships we won. Give him a tough time. I feel there's times if it's your own you'll kind of push that bit harder and you'll want him to do this and, that. yeah. and that's kind of unfair too when I think about it you know is there times I'd be saying will you and um, you know what they need to find their, their own way that's that sense as well
1: Do you get to play much golf Davey? Um, yeah the very first time I met you I got your autograph in Portumna Golf Club I'd say it was yeah. about 15 years ago
2: I, I, I love the golf um, I don't hardly play at all like so when you start with Watford you finish I could count in one hand easily the golf I play you just don't have time I get a few rounds during the hurling season but when you're finished I play a bit alright I, I like playing it what are you playing after? I can't remember it's it's gone out a bit anyhow we'll have to get it back down
1: as you're well. a bandit <laughs> there's a lot of them out there there's a lot of them <laughs> definitely is uh, between the golf and the farming you'll be you'll be kept going um, over the, the winter months but listen I want to say big thanks to to Dave Fitzgerald for coming in uh, with us today um, it took a lot of badgering to get you here and I, I know it was the the Ireland's fittest family the connection that got, got you over the line uh, got me over the line there Davy. so
2: ah uh, yeah like as i say you, you like the break when it's over you like you like to get the break um but at the same time like I've enjoyed the chat um and as i said all all i ever have is is an opinion like I'll have a view will I be right all the time i want and I, and i know that hundred and ten percent you'll have a view that's it but let's just try and support each other a bit more outside of this in life. That's all. That's the only message I, I'd like to give at the end of this. Let's, let's not try and knock as much because um, as I've said for about ten time, none of us are perfect. That's for sure.
1: That's it. Um, we'll end our show there. Thanks to David Fitzgerald for coming in. Thanks to Lee Costello. Thanks to our sponsor, Sure 72 Hour Protection. Uh, we'll be back with a football show during the week. You've been listening to the GAA Brought to you by Sports Joe and Sure. 72-hour non-stop protection. Tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down.
0: Planning for your next trip?